0: A production of Word South, a content marketing company. Story Connect,
1: the podcast,
0: helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers.
1: Being everywhere all the time on social media sounds great, but what are the challenges to doing it in the real world? I'm your host, Andy Johns. Welcome to uh, the Story Connect the podcast. This is episode, I believe, number 22. Uh, Missy Michaels is our guest. She is the Director of Marketing and Customer Engagement at United Communications in Tennessee. Missy, thanks for being here.
0: Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: We are recording um, once again on the road, uh, this time in Franklin, Tennessee at the TTA Annual Conference. And uh, our previous episode, we talked with Lavoie about it. And some of the sessions are underway and uh, wanted to grab Missy for just a minute here to talk about a little bit about what she's done, particularly with Twitter and um, social media. Now, you are one of the one of the first and few um, social um, or telcos to really jump onto Twitter. A lot, a lot of folks do Facebook. and We can talk about that in a minute. But if you can, just run through with us a little bit about the decision to go on Twitter and kind of how it came about that y'all that y'all hopped into the Twitterverse or Twitter sphere <laughs> or whatever we're going to use.
0: Well, it's it's interesting how it sort of came about. My husband's actually in the radio business, okay. so um, he does some commentating and some shows, and so Twitter is obviously a big thing in the media business. So when I first came on to United Communications, they really didn't have a marketing department to speak of. Um, Everything they were doing was traditional marketing, Um, direct mail, um, not even really even newspaper or television because of the way that their market is segmented, mass media just didn't really seem to fit the brand. Um, So when I came in, I had to evaluate what are the ways that we can reach customers, right, with a low cost? Um, and so social media was one of the avenues which I thought we immediately, you know, I knew I could jump into and start dabbling in without sort of paying or having to be forced to keep up with it. Um, and so I started with Facebook, um, getting an account there, and then um later added Twitter. Um, And and then I've tried to find a way to sort of tie them all together, right, to make it easier. And it was always really around, do we have a new product? Do we have a new promotion? Do we have something that I can talk about? Because one of the things that I find irritating about social media is if you post too much, right, you're going to sort of lose your audience. Right. And especially in our our area, it's not like we're talking about something... um, you know that people are interested in, such as a sports or entertainment, you know we're talking about you know paying for internet or a product that they're actually paying for um so it's interesting trying to how do you get the marketing message out there with relevant content that people actually want to listen to right um, and so I found Facebook was sort of where we spent most of our time because. We have an older generation audience. We didn't, I don't think we have a lot of people that are on Twitter. I mean, even at my generation, not that I want to give my age away. Um, I still don't feel like I have a lot of friends that are on Twitter. I still feel like majority of my age group. And so we know that, you know, in the cable industry, over 18 are the people who are really buying our product. Right. Um, and, and, and so I would say we've dabbled in it. I wouldn't say that we have a strong presence. You know, we have an account occasionally. You know, I use it to respond to customers who tweet me. Um, but I wouldn't say we're, we've been real proactive with it um, up to this point.
1: Sure. And you have mentioned your market a couple of times. You've, you've got a little bit different market than a lot of the folks uh, here at TTA because mm-hmm. you've are you got some rural areas, but you're also get, getting a lot of those kind of southern mm-hmm. Nashville suburbs. So, I mean, I, I just wanted to be sure but I was kind of clear on that. You've got a little right. bit more of a suburban um, area than a lot of folks right. do, I think.
0: Um, and we also have different information to talk about. I mean, our markets split a little bit We have, obviously, the more urban, what I would call a suburb of Nashville, which is Nolensville, and then we have much more southern rural areas. Um, And obviously, the demographics in those two areas are very different. We've got a lot of young, new, you know, first families, first homes living in Nolensville. And then we have an older generation, you know, as well as there's new young families in that area as well. But I would say the demographic is very diverse. Um, So a lot of the people that live in Nolensville... Commute to Nashville, you know maybe have um, very high tech jobs, so they 're used to doing this in the in their own daily work, whereas in the rural area, maybe not so much. Um, obviously, you have the younger you know teenage generation in the in both areas, and they are very attuned to what 's going on with social media that 's pretty much how they live their life but again, as far as who we 're trying to talk to as customers there's a breakdown there. Um, and so we also have a breakdown of what products and services we offer across the region. So that's been a challenge for social media because it's not a one size fits all. I can't say, hey, everybody, we have fiber um, because it really only applies to a certain percentage of our organization. So when I think I have something exciting to talk to talk to about... It's the difference between the have and the have-nots. And does putting that information out there on social media then lead this person that can't get that to be almost angry that they can't get it? Hey, why are you giving it to this person over here and I can't get it here? And so explaining the business challenges... Through a social media avenue is challenging. And I think that's why traditionally direct mail has been used so much in our industry is because you can sort of break it down target
1: it, right? to
0: the individual.
1: Yeah, It's hard to explain all of that in 140 characters <laughs> or whatever it is. So. <laughs>
0: that's the other challenge with Twitter. Um, I found it hard to really get the message that I want to get across and the amount of characters I'm allowed to use, which is why Facebook was kind of nice, right? because you can kind of say everything you want to say and attach the graphics. And, and I'll be honest, too. I mean, I would say my experience with Twitter is is limited. I mean, I came from the advertising world, and when I left what I was doing in in advertising, social media was sort of just beginning to hit, and I took sort of a hiatus um, to have kids. And so coming back into it, I was like, wow, this is a whole new world, right? And so it's trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work, and it really is kind of like a playground. You kind of got to test it out, see what works and see what doesn't.
1: Right. Well, I mean, and that's where I was headed next. What are some of the things that that you found did work? What did you tweet about um, early on, and then what did you kind of learn? Uh, you said a lot of it's response. I'm sure that you get folks tweeting at right. at United. Um, yeah, a
0: lot of people just want to say we love your service. So I find that like a good opportunity. Yeah, I yeah. find that a good opportunity to just respond to those people and let them know, hey, we heard you. Thanks for the feedback, and then retweeting that and sharing those type of comments, um, and then also, you know, like I said, it was more. So okay, we're launching Watch TV everywhere. So that's something that I'm gonna Facebook post about. That's something I'm gonna tweet about, um, and then I'm gonna maybe do you know advance the post and repost it a couple of times. And so doing a little bit of that. Um, some other things that we've done would be you know, hey, we've launched a new channel. I mean, I try to any time I think I have some that's newsworthy. Sure. Um, but I try to you know kind of limit it to you know. Uh, it's funny, I go and look at, you know, let's talk about some of the big providers, Google Fiber or, or Comcast, and they're, I'd notice they're posting once a week. Um, okay. If, you know, but I find it's sort of random information. The information may be an article about something or it may be in a direct attack at a competitor, kind of like in a joking, mm-hmm. humorous way. Sometimes it's about a, hey, watch Um, the latest pay-per-view movie that we have coming out. So it sort of runs the gamut. There doesn't really seem to be a formula for what to post about, you know, and how much to post about it.
1: Did you have any um, that you kind of remember as one of the more uh, either successful or most retweeted, or I mean, it's tough to compete with the cat videos and everything else that people are are doing on social media. But did you have a couple that really kind of took off either on Twitter or Facebook?
0: Well, I think talking about bringing fiber to new areas has been the one that most people seem to run with. It sort of seems to get picked up by people that are either in the industry or people that are in news media that are sort of looking for those because obviously the Internet speed topic is such a hot one sure. across the country right. um, and the lack thereof, especially in the rural area. So I find that people that are engaged with you know, Twitter those are the ones that sort of seem to get retweeted and picked up um, most often.
1: I know you and I have talked before about some of the, the media outlets. And of course, being so close to Nashville, did it help? It seems like and I think there's been a little bit of a joke going around that you know most of the people on Twitter are it seems like media people, uh, right. like you mentioned your husband <laughs> yeah. radio. Have, did it help you get any traction or was there anything that, that you know, in terms of reaching news outlets, anything like that? that no, that helped and I would
0: say that's been the challenge. Um, I don't know if it's the news outlets are looking for the big guns to tweet and that's those are the ones they're really following. You know, I would say in general, you know, I think the fiber topic is such a hot one across the industry, but it seems like trying to get the major news outlets to pick up posts from some of the smaller carriers has been really challenging. The PR aspect um, even when you're directly communicating with some of these news outlets seems to be they're not interested. You know, they want to hear from the Comcast. They want to hear from the Google. And that's the buzz that everybody's talking about. Um, but they don't seem to recognize that there are a lot of these rural providers that are, they already have the service in the ground. They're already doing right. it where Metro Nashville is still waiting, you know, for Google fiber to come. And, and it's still months away, if not longer. Um, So it's just interesting to see sort of how the media news chooses to pick up the stories that they pick up and and why they do that. I don't know if somebody's paying them behind the scenes or what, but...
1: Right. Well, now you mentioned earlier, um, you know, some of the tone and some of the big um, social media accounts kind of being a little bit of everywhere with what they talked about. Did you give a lot of thought or did you ever try to... To be funny on the, uh, did you play it pretty straight on Twitter and, and Facebook, or did you ever try to, to give it a voice or put much thought into that? Or I
0: try or to make it fun. I mean, I want it to be interesting. So I'm not just like, hey, we're launching fiber in this city on this date. I'm like, hey, check out the, you know, the fastest speed that's ever hit Middle Tennessee. You know, try it almost like a news title, right? You want it to be something that catches somebody attention because as much as we're bombarded with social media these days you need something that's going to kind of stand off the page or grab somebody's attention. Um, So I would say similar to a news headline, and I think that's probably why so many media people do use Twitter, um, is because it sort of is that headline aspect to the news.
1: Right. Well, this is a little bit of a shameless plug, but hopefully not too bad. (laughs) Um, With our, our Story Connect conference coming up in September 12th to 14th in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we have a session called Scary Social Media Stories, and everybody's got them. So I don't know how much you want to go into it, but what are the downsides or is there, do you have any scary stories of, uh, you know, anything from either Twitter or, or Facebook, kind of the, the downside that you may not have realized when you got into to yeah. tweeting?
0: Well, obviously in our business, um, it's very customer service driven and sure. you're going to have very happy, satisfied customers and you're going to have those. like those. those. That aren't so happy, right? So if you're going to open the can of worms with social media, you have to be prepared for the backlash that comes from those unhappy customers. You're never going to make 100% of the people happy all the time. Going back to the difference that I talked about with the have and the have-nots, you know, maybe these people have a certain line of service and these people don't, um, you know, because we haven't upgraded everywhere. You know, we're slowly working on upgrades, but it's not there yet. And so... You know, there can be those instances where you have people saying you're the worst company in the world and you don't listen to your customers. And then literally the next tweet could be, we love United. I don't know what you're talking about. So it's been interesting to sort of see the dynamic. I imagine, you know, when you go to a hotel site and review, right, you can see everything under the sun. Somebody has the best experience in the world and somebody says, this place was trash. Right. You, you almost know?
1: wondered if they really stayed at <laughs> yeah, the same place.
0: Like, right. So I, I, I imagine with every product, right, you're going to have people that have great experiences, and you want to have more of the great than you do the negative. Sure. Um, but with a company like ours, it's been in business as long as we have, and knowing a lot of the changes that we've been making in the last few years. Um, we've got legacy perception that we're still dealing with, um, and then we've got new customers that are just coming to us so they have different experiences with our brand and the company. Um, And so you're going to get a little bit of that. One of the challenges that we've had is somebody will get on social media and start talking about how great our service is, and they have one level of service. Then you'll have somebody else jump on, and they'll start talking about it. And they're talking as though they have the same service, even Uh, though they have two totally different products. hmm. So it's been challenging to try to say, well, this person has this experience because they have this and you're having a different experience because you have this, and trying to make people understand that it's not the same. Um, I think we got into the, I would say, downfall of trying to sort of marry them and, and make them sound as though, oh, they're both coming from United, and they're both this certain level of service. Um, and I, And I finally got to the point where I said, look, we're confusing people, right? The people that have fiber need to understand that they have fiber and the benefits of it and the advantages of it. The people that don't need to understand what they have and know that we're working to get it to them, but it's not there yet. So um, I would say that was sort of a lesson learned, right? We sort of learned that sort of trying to muddy the waters by making everybody equal actually created more confusion in the marketplace.
1: Sure, I can understand that. Now I think the best case scenario, and and really it's one of the the big pluses of social media, is when you have people that you mentioned come to your defense. Um, you know, yeah. somebody complains and somebody else says, "No, no, they're great." Um, were there things um, that you did? Uh, did you respond to a lot of those negatives, or did you just let other people take up for you, or or did you have uh, case by case, or was it kind of a plan, or?
0: Yeah, it, how, I would say, you respond? yeah, I would say it was case by case. Um, I would kind of wait sometimes to see what some of the feedback was. I did find that if there was a lot of negativity, if I jumped right in and said, let me just state the facts. I didn't try to, you know, cause any judgment or, or sort of give my opinion. I pretty much just said, this is the facts. Let me set the record straight. And a lot of times it would stop. You know, the negativity would stop. You wouldn't hear from somebody because somebody would sort of get on a tangent about, well, you did this and that and this. And I wouldn't really respond directly to them. I would just say, this is a fact. And um, and then it would sort of stop the negativity. It was very interesting to see, because I think if you sort of go head to head with somebody, that's when it can get out of control, because a lot of people are just looking for a fight. Right. They, they enjoy the the battle. Um, But a lot of times it was interesting to see our customers actually sort of the ones that would put the negativity down, the ones that were having a great experience that really liked us. There was literally a post I remember that kind of made me laugh because somebody was just going on this rant about how horrible we were. And this person said, I really don't know what you're talking about. Like, we love United. And then it was post after post of we love United, we love United. And then the person who sent the original negative post was like, are we talking about the same company? And so I didn't really have to respond because it was just, I was just letting it go. So I think it really depends. You know, you kind of just have to see what reaction you get. And you never, you never really know how people are going to react.
1: Sure. Now, um, social media is obviously a 24 hour a day thing. (laughs) People can tweet any time of day. Um, they can do Facebook any time of day, and it it changes expectations. You know, if they can tweet, and you know, an hour goes by, and you haven't tweeted back to them, uh, that right. can stress people out. I don't know if you are a twenty four hour a day person. I know I'm not. Um, <laughs> no. But how, what did it? What does it mean for a um, you know a lot of the folks with the rural telcos? It's right. a one person department. So how does one person manage? Right. um you know, a a cycle like that? Were there any apps that helped you out or anything Um, like
0: that? I'm blanking all of a sudden. Um, What did I use to manage? There's the, uh, the one where you can tie all three together. You're probably we can put that
1: in the show notes underneath yeah, there. Yeah. We can find it. But just in terms of your schedule, um, what did it do? Did well, you...
0: so, I mean, I'm in the same boat that probably a lot of these other companies are in, which is me, myself, and I are the marketing right. director and the customer service director. So in addition to putting everything out outbound that we're doing from a marketing perspective, I also have to track everything inbound. Um a lot of times I'm the one, you know, I don't have a department that's watching this and responding to people. I'm the one that's keeping up with it and responding to them. That could be nights and weekends. I mean, I have it all tied to my phone so that if I get a response, it gives me a little ding. And, and luckily most of the people that, that interact with our social media do it during, you know, normal before midnight type hours. Right. And if I get one after that, you know, I'll respond to it the next day, um, but there have been times when I've, you know, oh, I missed one, and I didn't respond to it. But, you know, I try to keep up with it enough that it's at least looking at it on a weekly basis. Um, but, yeah, the the notifications really help sort of manage so that you know, oh, I've got this, I need to respond to And I try to do everything within 24 hours. I've also set it up where an automatic response goes. Um, so if somebody types something, they get, you know, thank you for contacting United and, and they get a little bounce back. So at least there's some indication that we're watching it and looking at it. Um, but, yeah, that's that's definitely been the biggest challenge. I mean, keeping up with Twitter and keeping up with Facebook and keeping up with LinkedIn and um, and then now Instagram. And I mean, there's so many options out there. And then which ones are our customers really paying attention to? Um Luckily, because we haven't been super active in getting these accounts going, we still have quite a, I would say, a low number of followers. Um, So I think our plan's been to sort of, when we're really ready to get active with it, um, we're gonna have a kind of whole campaign launch. We're gonna try and drive followers. um, And then from that point forward, really keep engaged with it on an ongoing basis. I would say the last year, it would be dabbling is what I'd like to call it. You know, involved just enough to sort of Have customers be able to contact you, but not being super proactive about reaching out through social media.
1: Sure. And we're wrapping up. We've run a little longer than we usually do. But the uh, now you just mentioned LinkedIn. So let's talk about that. Do you do any different messaging on, you know, most folks, LinkedIn is a professional, um, you know, basically everybody. Uh, see, I have friends, I think, that only get on LinkedIn when they're looking for a job. Right. And uh, that may be the way most people use it. Um, but uh, do you do anything different? Is it the same message across all platforms? or do you? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, we don't really try to do different. That's why I said that one site. Well, sorry, I'm blanking on it, but it ties all three together.
1: Okay. Um,
0: and so you can set up messages. You can set them up to sort of go. You can set them up in advance, and then you know when they're going to roll out and when they're going to hit. Um, I think that's the best way for somebody in a small organization to be able to manage it because otherwise you can't do it on a daily basis um, with one person. It's just too much. Um, Otherwise, you'll spend your life on your cell phone and on the computer and you'll never get to spend any time with your family. But yeah... Back to your original question, LinkedIn, um, we're you know, in the process of hiring, so it's more so been we're launching a new careers page, and okay. so we're sort of trying that all you know, to let people know who we are and, and what we do, um, and so that's mostly what I'm using for LinkedIn, as you said, sort of a prof- more of a professional, less sure. of a consumer um, Application. Last
1: thing you mentioned Instagram. Uh, where <laughs> where do you see it going? Are y'all gonna? Is will United be on Snapchat or? Uh, oh
0: man, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That still feels like such a uh, you know teenager type application right, right now. Um, that sort of immediate you know gratification type. I don't know the visual part of it just. I think it feels very far off from where we are right now and who our audience is. Um, Instagram, again, you know, I'm on it socially, you know, personally and It's my friend's pictures and, you know, I see ads from a lot of retailers. I'm not really sure where that fits in with somebody like, you know, an Internet and TV service provider Um, because I look at it for the pretty pictures and, you know, design elements. Right. So um, I think it is same thing with Pinterest. I think it's still sort of evolving in, in what what companies fit in what social media outlet.
1: I think that's very smart and I think that's a lesson folks can can take away is that know your audience and know where your audience is and don't right. don't spend a lot of time on something that's not your audience right. so that makes exactly. a lot of sense so well, I have enjoyed it. You've been listening to Story Connect podcast uh, episode, I think twenty-two. We said uh, Missy Michaels is the director of marketing and customer engagement at United Communications. I was uh, <laughs> struggled a little bit there. I'm your host Andy Johns. Thank you for listening. And until uh, until we talk again, keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast,
0: a production of Word South, a content marketing company.